up, everyone? Oh, shit, there he is. Look, he's right there. <laughs> I'm right here, yeah. What's up, Matthew? What's up? How you been, man? Been all right. Been all right. Yeah? You know, nice. Uh, been busy the last uh, couple weeks. Um, had things like I, I had to do, and, you know, I didn't really have much time to fill in for the the podcast i'm, I'm glad you um you kind of held the fort a little bit while i was out so um that was good i tried know? man uh, i did that episode on um last shift by myself it felt super fucking weird yeah yeah i want everyone who's listening right now or anyone who does listen to you know applaud this man for being able to pull off a full episode by himself don't you know Although let's also let's also uh, talk about the fact that he didn't do the intro either. I think we should make it a natural. <laughs> the, the typical intro oh, that we... yeah the the mutants are how running dare he <laughs> how yeah. dare he yeah 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 that's why I was like that's the one thing he could have he could have uh, put in there and stuff like that. Uh... Oh man, missed opportunity. <laughs> I know it's all good. <laughs> It's I'll need good. to learn. I'll need to learn it. Good. I'll need to learn it for sure. Because I'd be no like the people in the movie theater, and you know the poster <laughs> says. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it's good to be back, though, for sure. Well, uh, that being said, um, why don't why don't we do the damn thing? Let's get into right. the, the movie we're talking about today, which is. You want me to say it? You want to say it? No, intro is in, Matt. You. Everybody's intro been missing your intro. Intro is in. Okay. And just before we start, I'd like to say this, ladies and gentlemen. This is the first time we're doing this early in the morning. Oh, yeah. It's a very different uh, different uh, feel. Yeah, my... We got our coffee ready. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're waking up. And uh, here we go. Today, today, this morning, the monsters are running amok. We're running for that movie theater, and we see the marquee that now reads Night Feeder. So, is this murder? Thought we had this place cordoned off. You got credentials, lady, or a good reason for being here. Look, Inspector, a lot of people read my articles, and they get upset that whole neighborhoods full of decent people are living in fear. And a couple of those people might try to do something about it. And one of them might actually make uh, your job scratch easier. Scratch a reporter, find an idealist, right? Scratch a cop, find a cynic. It looks very 88. <laughs> yeah. Not 87, <laughs> not 89, but very not 88. quite there. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So why don't you tell us what Night Feeder is about? All right. So um, let me uh, let me go back here because I want want I want to compare. Um, okay. Now without without reading uh the uh the synopsis for the film that 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 places that's placed on Amazon by the way Amazon Prime if you guys want to go see it um i would say it is about it, uh, a a killer at night um who's uh preying on women no it's just preying on people mostly women and um they're just trying to get down to the bottom of who's doing this and why and uh the actual uh, premise on Prime Video is more flashy than mine. It says, uh, "Get out of here!" <laughs> says, "Rising fear chokes the freewheeling underbelly of San Francisco's music, art, drug, punk scene as the killer stalks the night to feed on an unspeakable appetite investigation becomes obsession from a journalist Jean Michelson and oh when she probes the gruesome murders with inspector Alonzo Bernardo uh her story hits too close to home wait hits close to home as the quickening web of death devours neighbors friends and lovers uh i don't know about that i mean it's a it's a, it's a great description but i i don't really know if all that really kind of applies in fact for some reason i thought it was in like la i'm dripping but you know that, say, that's say that right part again because, sorry well okay because i thought i thought this movie took place in la but mm. now that i'm thinking about it I was like, well, no, no, there was a person who was uh, not in town and he was visiting L.A. So, yeah, I guess they're right. It was San Francisco. I totally didn't know. Somehow that changed everything for me. Gotcha. Which is funny because this, the so we mentioned how it's shot on video. So, yes, to me, you get a real strong vibe of, like, 80 like late 80s early 90s like sitcoms you know at least yeah. that's, that's the vibe that i got and yeah I, uh you mean like the by presentation or the way it looks just or, the way it looks mean, yeah just the yeah. way it looks yeah that's exactly how i in fact that's how i picture a lot of these films <laughs> <laughs> like you said like it just a uh, it has that 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 cheap factor into it that cheap factor that we absolutely love to watch you know because because goddamn eventually these are going to be like forgotten pieces it's only going to take a, a very determined mind to follow up with these in the future you know like yeah <laughs> everyone's going to be like what the fuck was this yeah like, people actually watch this yeah it doesn't even fit my screen right everyone's all pixelated and shit <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was just going to say, because it reminded me of, uh, because I got sitcom, because I got sitcom vibes from it. The first sitcom that I thought of was um, Full House, which ironically takes place in San Francisco. Well, there you go. A very wholesome horror movie. <laughs> but I mean, fun for all the family. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> you just add in, you know, uh, a couple pair of titties and some blood and. You got you got a very different version of that sitcom. Oh, uh, have you never seen any of the blooper reels? 
Of this movie? N- no, I meant of uh, Full House. No. It's all full of blood Dude. and titties. <laughs> Sorry. Good attempt at no, that. It, it's a, it's okay because it's joke. funny because I, I caught Full House whenever it was on. I never actually went around to to watching it regularly. Uh, everyone else did. It was the same thing with uh, that and freaking, I don't know, Seventh Heaven and all that fucking all those shitty sitcoms growing up you know 90210 melrose place and stuff and not not shitting on them if you're a fan you're a fan but be honest with you i never really caught up with those things and stuff i'd catch them here and there and stuff when you watched full house which was your favorite michelle mary kate olsen or ashley olsen you know when i was a kid i don't think i could tell the difference to be honest (laughs) with you I, I still don't, like, if I go back, I don't even know if I'll be able to tell the difference, too. It, wasn't it the same thing with that kid from Big Daddy, too? Oh, I don't know. Is that? Yeah, the, they're they're the Kyle and Cody twins, or is it no, Zach know. and Cody? They had that, that Disney show, Zach and Cody's Cruise, or whatever, they're on a cruise ship and stuff like that. Yeah, he's, uh, he's one of two twins. And you would have never been able to tell the difference because mm. they look exactly the same. Sorry, I think I'm two for two on uh or O oh for two. No. I am two for two on bad jokes today. Let's see if I can All go right. for a for a triple. <laughs> Here's the hoping. All okay, right. All right. so uh, speaking of uh O oh for two, uh this is definitely one of those movies and I'll, I'll explain later. Um so, uh, all right. Well, uh, do you do you remember how it started? Yeah, it opens up on this dead body, kind of on the floor, uh, like behind a warehouse or something, and the detectives are like poking at it, and like it was so funny because I was watching it and I was like, they're just like, like if you saw somebody at a desk, like if you watch background actors in a movie or something, and like someone's sitting at a desk, you just see them like arbitrarily like shuffling papers around to make it look like they're busy that's kind of what these detectives look like to me they were just like moving the shirt and like oh and this and that and this and you know check a little look right i was like you know you guys are the main focus of this scene right now as opposed to like you know just trying to make it look like you're doing detective work on a dead body but um yeah just just poking and prodding trying to figure out um, yeah, po- poking and prodding on a half-naked chick. Yeah, yeah, with her titty hanging out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Really kind of setting the pace, you know, or the tone. All right. Yeah, so, sure. Titties in the first second? Got it. Kind of like Thanksgiving. Think, as far as I know, like, yeah, I think like a single or something. Um, also introducing uh, the, the the two main characters uh, right from the get-go, too, right? I mean, we got the, we got the journalist lady, uh, you know. I'm gonna make this fun. I uh... don't really remember her name. I just call her journalist. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, like you said, the the, the detective uh, who, by the way, I wanted to bring up. I did make a note of this that tomorrow. <laughs> if you're familiar, uh, but to me, they are like uh, an amalgam. Wait, what's the word? I'm an amalgamation. And an amalgamation. I don't know. Of, that's uh, actually a word, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a combination or something. What a, it? Let's say it's like this guy looks like the birth child of. If you put Clive Barker together with 
uh, an actor you probably don't know who I'm talking about named Richard Rico. He was on the movie If Looks Could Kill. Uh, he was also in uh, 21 Jump Street. Uh, Richard Grieco. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this guy looks like a mix between Clive Barker and Richard Grieco. That's exactly how I pictured him. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, the fuck? Well, it's it's that time, right? It's it's the late 80s, you know, about to be, you know, 90s. Like, that look is very popular. You know what is funny is... um. There's a scene with him and the reporter down like by the coast or the water or something. I, I forget. But mm -hmm. like the way he was dressed too was very like um Miami Vice. Just not as colorful. But like Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the had outfit, the, uh, the suit kind of looked the familiar. unbuttoned shirt like down to his chest yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he definitely had that roadhousey kind of mullet thing going, like you get, like you said, more more of a popular thing back in those yeah, days. Yeah, the Swayze, like the Swayze, I'll call it <laughs> the Swayze, or like the uh, you know, uh, what was it like Lethal Weapon too? Like, like oh uh, yeah, the big like it's like the male version of Farrah Fawcett hair, yeah, just big and feathered, like <laughs> Uncle Jesse. You know, again, yeah, there you go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. You go down the list, man. There's a lot of people with that. Like, hey, it was a look, dude. I mean, and I wasn't mad at it either. I think even back then, I don't think back then I was like, oh, that's a nice haircut because I was like seven. But yeah. even, you know, I look at it now and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it kind of fits the time and the style. So, like, I'm not mad at it. Whereas, like, you go back and you look at, like, the flat top and you're like, oh, I don't know that that was ever cool. Yeah, I don't think that one's ever coming back. I think they put that one away and just not coming back. They set that one sale a long yeah. time ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, yeah, it is. The flat top's <laughs> gone for good, guys. Unless you want to bring it back. Bigger man than I am. All right, so we see the scene, dead body on the floor. Um, the detective's kind of, you know, just uh, trying to figure out what happened. And then the reporter comes around. She sneaks past and she's like, hey, like, uh. So is this murder? Look, I heard the sirens. What do you expect? Thought we had this place cordoned off. You got credentials, lady, or a good reason for being here. Yes, Inspector, I do, as a matter of fact. All right, just stow it. What, what are you guys looking for? You know, because apparently she lives in the area. She's a concerned citizen, quotes. And just moved there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she, like, wants to know what's happening yeah. in her community. Um, it just so happens that she's a reporter and she's like tracking the story because this is not the first dead body um, of its type and it's, it seems to be happening more frequently and it's just happening to women. So as a woman who has her own place, she's like, hello, I'm a little scared, like you guys should tell me some work. But they were like, nope, sorry. What you got, Steve? Yeah, he came off nothing, pretty much uh, saying, oh, are you just nothing but a, you like, nosy, another nosy reporter that shouldn't be here at this time? And she's like, well, no, nah, I'm concerned for my community because I fucking live right here. Right. <laughs> Look, it's not just that I'm a reporter. I live in this neighborhood. I just moved in around the corner about two months ago. And nobody told me when I did. It was open season on women. Let me tell you something. If I lived in this neighborhood, uh, I think I'd take a long vacation. Go visit my in-laws. I've been divorced for five years. Think about it. 
<laughs> I, I'm a I'm a woman who lives by herself, and this seems to be a woman who is murdered, yeah. you know, in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm concerned. So we transition. We can go either way. Yeah. So we transition from there to like this. <laughs> I, I remember the the transition. It's it goes from that to like some girl who's got like kiss makeup on. Yeah. And yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> she's like rocking out on this stage. She's a singer, and then it turns out, um, you know, she's part of a band, and um, you know, they're fucking, they're playing this party, and they're just raging out. A band called Disease, spelled D Z S. Yes, but clever. In real life, they're a real life band known as the Nuns. do a little bit of research like I did you find out that um, the nuns were responsible largely responsible for the punk scene of the time um, in San Francisco and really kind of set the stage for a lot of other bands as well um, I, I thought it was funny I, as like I, as I told you actually before we even got started talking about this and stuff when I first I mean, I heard these guys going, and I'm like, "Wow, this is uh, nobody really put any any thought and any heart into this song that they're singing." And I'm like, "They're not even trying and stuff like that." But I, I was like, "Oh well, you know, this is just some like low budget film. They're not going to care and stuff like that." And I <laughs> go to find out it's a real band. Yeah. It's a real fucking <laughs> song. Guys, got to listen to it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, actually, um, you know, um, just to peek a little bit behind the curtains, this isn't the first time that you and I are doing this. There was a we had originally set to do this a while back and we just missed the mark. Yeah. But I remember um, in the meeting room, like for Zoom, I had the nuns playing. So I was like, let's see if he picks up on it. And then we just couldn't meet. But um, I should have did that today. I totally forgot. You know, what's no, funny, no. too, is. um I, I made a note. It's a, it's a stupid note, but I put the lead singer of the band looks like Alice Cooper's fat Jewish cousin. <laughs> and then I don't know why I was like, let me look up and see if Alice Cooper is even Jewish. And he he was he, he was totally Jewish. He was, you know, 100 percent Jew who converted to Mormonism. And I was like, oh, shit, that's my grandma's story. I wonder if we're related. And then the thought faded. Yeah, because there's only one Jewish legacy that converted to Mormonism. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That can't happen. That can't happen. Otherwise. (laughs) We we tried it one time and it worked all right. Nah, but all right. Anyways, uh, so they pan out, right? They're at a they're at a party, and I like it was so funny because I I was thinking to myself like, man. So if so, okay. So where the so where the opening scene was, um, with the dead woman in the street, and then this scene with the band and the party. I felt very much like this was all shot on set, not like on location. 
I feel like okay. they built these sets, which again adds to the sitcom vibe. And True. then that thought was compounded by the fact that this party looked like it was thrown in a house. I was like, why the fuck does this look like like a small like um house or whatever? And then like they started showing other elements of the the party and there was like a refrigerator and somebody had like apple juice out and I was like what the fuck? And then it turns out it wasn't a house. They were throwing a party in somebody's house. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, like, like a condo or something like that. It was, you know, a very, very small place living, but for some reason was over-occupied by a very huge party, which, strangely enough, seems like everybody in the neighborhood was invited. Um. Well, yes. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. But... Yeah, so um, throw this big-ass party. We're introduced to some girl named Martha, who doesn't really do much, but um, she's just kind of like, I think she's talking to the reporter or something. I don't, I don't remember 100%. Um, but yeah, so, you know, partying. There was, I made a note. There was these girls that were stripping each other, but not like sexy-like. They were just... They were just like ripping their clothes off, like each other's clothes off, like aggressively, which was weird to me. But yeah, um, so they're, you know, so they party. And then it kind of cuts to the next day. And the reporter, am I missing? Maybe like a couple hours later or something like that. Oh, yeah. 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 So like the party's over. The party's over. Yeah. Party's over. Everyone's cleared out. Um, It's just the reporter. And um, one of the band members, I think he's the bass player, right? Or uh, yeah, yeah. Brian was his name, but we'll stick with the uh, the titles. Oh my gosh, it was going to the so they're just like chilling on the couch, and then some kid runs out of the bathroom, like all just like randomly, and they're like, "What the fuck?" So they go into the bathroom and they check, and there's that um, what was her name, Martha. Marsha, the Marsha girl is laying in the bathtub with like, she's dead. Her, she's got blood all over her throat. I think there's um, like her eye was missing too, right? Uh, yes. Um, yeah. Was it somebody that came out? Uh, whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, she was wondering where her friend went. Uh, the reporter lady, who's actually, it's it's her condo. It's her, it was her party. Um, the, there was a talk about uh, her friend who uh, she hadn't seen since she went to the restroom. Um, and uh, they, they wind up in the restroom. They, they find out in the tub, just like you said, that it was her corpse uh, missing an eyeball. And um, obviously uh, she's been murdered. And Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, they do the thing you're supposed to do. And call the police. And the cops show up and, you know, he's asking them questions about who was here, blah, blah, blah. And it's the same detective that was there um, in the opening scene that was, you know, uh, surveying the the dead body in the beginning. I just want to make a side note. Was I the only one who noticed that on the coffee table in the house when they were chilling on the couch and then talking to the detective that there were like a whole like. There was like a whole bunch of like bullets on the table. 
No, I didn't notice that. I, it was like, why are there so many bullets on the table? And they're like, they're like fanned out. You know what I mean? Like somebody <laughs> I'm, like organized them that way. I wish I could do this frame by frame. There's got to be a way to do it on Amazon frame by frame. But I, I was trying to go back and see that shit. <laughs> Whatever. So all right, I'll take your word for it. So the um, you know, the detective's talking to them, and then the reporter left the room for whatever reason, and so the detective starts talking to the bass player, and apparently, you know, um, the name he gave him isn't his real name; he's got a different name, and he's talking to him about the band, and then I guess there's this incident where, like, a few years ago, some groupies of the band had committed suicide, um, and they you know fucking typical cops thought it was like a murder but like the the bass player is like dude like we can't control what our fans do you know if they did that in our name like you know that has nothing to do with us it sucks but you know why would we want to kill our own fans that doesn't make sense yeah but yeah. the detective still you know he's there grilling them and i think partially because his daughter's a fan of the band right he, he was uh niece oh uh, yeah 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 uh, the, that was, the only reason that it was a big deal is because, like, later on he discloses that he doesn't have children, but he's got a niece. Mm, and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, his mm -hmm. posters are all over her her, her room. In typical fangirl fashion. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, he's he's there. He's, like, you know, being very stern with them. And some other fucking cop walks. Uh, so the detective, no, I'm sorry, the reporter is kind of curious about, you know, if this death of Marsha is like related to like the other girls that she's seen so far that, you know, with what's going on and the detectives like, I can't tell you it's an ongoing case, blah, blah, blah. It's a fucking rando cop walks in. And he's like, yep. Just like all the others, the same thing. Chief. And I was, he was like, motherfucker. I just, just told him in the beans all over the place. Yeah. Man. Guys trying to do his job and his assholes just like throwing all his cards out there. And yeah. shit. With all the others, I mean, with the eye like that. Let's just say that we are dealing with a serious nutcase here. Let's get going on this list, all right? Same thing, Lonzo. Cavity's clean as a whistle. I'll send you the coroner's report. Cavity? That means her brain, right? Her brain's gone. Is that now what listen that means? to me. You remember a couple of days ago, off the record, promises I am expecting you to keep? Now, you just heard something you were not supposed to hear. We both know there's a story here, but it's just going to have to wait. Yeah. And then he was like, well, now, you know, so like, don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Mouth shut. <laughs> so um, she takes so the reporter takes it upon herself to like start canvassing the neighborhood. And she and it's so funny because it's like it, it looks like the suburbs where she's walking around. But then she walks into this like factory question mark this dude like working some kind of like forklift or whatever he looks very like old gruffy kind of i don't know just like this this like this thing doesn't fit in this suburb it's super weird but yeah it's just a small small like um docking area he's uh using a forklift to, to load his pickup truck and stuff and she's asking him questions he's wearing this really weird hat too Almost looks like a captain's hat. Like he should be a sailor. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, what I got too. <laughs> um, and uh, he he had mentioned something about the murder at the party, and she's like, "How the fuck do you know about that?" He's like, "Everyone knows about it." So not only did you invite everybody to your house, 
uh, you you possibly invited a murderer to your house, and on top of that, now everybody knows all your business. Too. But he was there too. That was the funny part. Was that, like, he yeah, was like, that's oh, exactly. Was it. It was such a great time. Fun. I was like, damn, like who wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, what'd she do? Post flyers like all the way down the street. Like, hey, everybody, join in. I don't care if you're like sixty or sixteen. Like, let's have a good time and shit. <laughs> I mean, like this guy's like well past that partying age. So kudos to him for right. still uh still keeping it strong, I guess. Right. So yeah, you know, so she's you know, getting some more information and then um she, you know, is trying to talk to some other girl on the street and the other girl wasn't having it. So like now she's like, Okay, people know, but like no one's talking. Um, you know, it's really kind of weird. And then um, we see this shot of this, like her walking past some other building and she runs into this girl um, who is like super dressed up for like, I don't know, seven o'clock in the morning, but she's pushing. She looks like she walked off the set of like Heather's or something like that. Oh, good call, man. And and a more goth kind of pattern. She even has that demeanor too, that very lifeless, like kind of like, hey. How's it going and stuff? Hi, I'm Jean. We, we oh, met at um... Jean Michelson, yeah. right? Yeah, I was at your party. That was great. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm that must have been horrible for you, wasn't it? I mean, everything that happened that night. I'm really sorry to say it, but I'm kind of glad we left early. Um, I attribute it to like, like it's almost like a Valley Girl vibe. But just let like more, um, yeah, like like less enthusiastic. Like the, it's like the opposite it's, of it's a Alicia. Girl. It's a, it's Alicia Silverstone, if she was dead inside. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's pretty spot on, dude. I like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just a very monotone. Was this lady that uh, the lady and her baby, the rando lady and her baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you definitely get that goth vibe, like you said, because the carriage is like all black and like a little like old fashioned-y and like mm-hmm. she's got this big black hat on with black uh earrings and this big black coat and just like yeah, black everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're talking, um, you know, and you know, she's kinda interviewing her about the deaths in the neighborhood and gets her you know talking on tape and they show the babies this ugly little fat baby in the carriage and then you know they're just kind of talking but in the distance we see this like like we call them frankenstein because that was their that was their um that was their their alias yeah okay he's just the local trash diver the guy just happens to be where everyone transient. else is at instead. Yeah. yeah, he's a transient, and uh, just just grabbing shit out of the garbage, man. Which he's again is door. funny because, like, if you look at the background, it's like these suburban homes, and then where we're very standing, nice area. <laughs> yeah, and then where we're standing is like like a business like docking area that's got a trash can right on the corner. Like it's like it's a fucking eyesore for sure, um, but it is what it is. So whatever but like yeah so frankenstein is like digging through the trash i almost thought he was throwing up the way that he was like leaned into it yeah it's funny because i'm looking at that still right now that very same stuff that's funny. talking about 
So, you know, they talk, she's, she gets him on film and they keep like panning over to the homeless guy and like they show like his hat is covering his face, almost like Phantom of the Opera type, you know, they're, uh, you know, insinuating that during this conversation about um, somebody randomly killing women in, in, in the area and this dude digging around in the trash in the background, that this might be our guy. This might be our murderer. Excuse me, sir. Sir. She, the reporter tries to go talk to him and then like he gets scared off and he like bones out. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I guess they, they kind of did depict that there. I thought it was later, but you're right. I didn't even think about that part. Well, they do it I a couple times, I think. Um, yeah. But yeah. So, um, cut back to her condo, and yeah, she's in her condo at this point. Um, Journalist we, lady. We meet her. Some some dude shows up with some bags, right? And um, she brings him in the house. Turns out, it is her ex, um, because she's dating yeah. the um the bass player or whatever. So it's her ex, and they, you know, there's kind of character development at this point right so they're on the couch they're talking about their past relationship i think he was like a lawyer or something or like a it was the 80s so he might have been like a hedge fund guy or you know yeah something I, I that believe like he's revolves around making a lot of money and cocaine at the same time yeah he's he's some kind of attorney or something like yeah that. i mean he bring, you know comes bearing gifts brings some wine and some cheese what what a classy guy <laughs> Well, he came back because he's trying to win her back. She left him. She she tells us that uh, she left him because she wanted to kind of branch out and try to be a reporter. And, like, he did the typical, like, male thing, which is like, ah, you women and your silly hobbies. Like, just shut up. Stay home. I'll make the money. And, like, you, you know, say la vie. But she was like, no, I want to do my own thing. So he came back to, like, win her over. I guess he was like. I'm better now and you know I'm you know I'm I'm different and it'll be um better and she's like no nah, I don't think so and I'm dating this guy or whatever. I don't even know if she mentioned that but whatever. So he leaves. Um and then she just goes back to doing her work and then um I think spritzing her plants in the middle of the night. Hey man. He's, plants yeah, got to eat too, you know. No, no, no. I, I don't find it so weird, by the way, you know, like some people think that it's it's more relevant to uh, water your lawn in the middle of the day when the sun's beating down and stuff like that. When, when I was really thinking about it, as she's spritzing her plant. I was like, well, that's pretty smart, you know, because if if you're watering your plants in the heat of the day, all you're doing is boiling them anyways. Right. You're just <laughs> yeah. kind of like. You know, you're kind of doing the mag whole magnifying glasses uh, thing to to you know with the sun rays and all that stuff. So I was like, yeah, kudos to her. She knows when to water her plants in the middle <laughs> of the night. She's sitting there spritzing away, and she looks out her window, and that's when she uh, calls out uh, her ex attorney's name, which I believe was David or something like that. Call him the ex. David. David. She 
saw him through the window laying on the ground, right? Like his body was yes, laying on the ground. That's what it was. Uh, outside of his car, car car headlights are still on. It, he had one of those, like, I think it was like one of those old, old Porsches that has like the froggy headlights, the ones that go up. Ooh. I thought it was like a Honda Civic or something. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I mean, that was the uh, style of car shit. back then. There's probably a lot of Miatas did it, you know. Um, there's a lot of cars that kind of did it back then. Uh, now I'm like super curious. Hold up. Sorry. Just I just assume because he's an attorney, he's got money, he's going to sure. go for the most expensive whips that he can find, you know. Uh, it's a bad shot. Let's see if I can make this bigger. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, the rear of the car um, leads me to believe it it might be like a Toyota or a Honda, but then like the rear window kind of makes me feel like it's like a Miata or something. Uh, definitely not. Oh man, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Oh shit. Yeah, it's hard to tell, dude. I, well, whatever. That was just for my enjoyment. Either way, yeah. He uh he he went back to his car and uh yeah, like you said, uh, body's kind of just hanging out there and stuff it looks like our killer our local killer got to him and what's um, he missing he's missing an eye dun 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 oh no mm. missing an eye in the same way that marcia was missing an eye in the bathtub which we now know and the same thing with the girl at the very beginning too i don't i don't remember if they showed that but in the in the scene where we found Marsha in the bathroom, the detective did remember the cop came in and was like, "Yep, same as all the others." So she knows yeah. it's all related, and I think this is the first time that the killer has killed somebody who wasn't female. This is the first male killing um, in the same fashion. So mm -hmm. our killer is progressing. He sure is. Uh, next day we go to the the cemetery. Um, the reporter's walking around the cemetery. I forgot if she was visiting somebody or not. I assume she's there for some reason, or maybe she's just trying to get answers. But she happens to bump into the detective again. I think it's who always I, happens to be around. I think it's supposed to insinuate that like they just wrapped up his funeral because he just died. You know what I mean? So like. Then you show me a cemetery. So the impression that I got was like, okay, they buried him already. That that's a perfect, perfectly legitimate thought. But I'm, the reason why I'm thinking I, I I don't even know is because, uh, and and maybe I'm thinking too hard into this. Maybe they didn't think this through. The, but I think later on there's an actual funeral for her friend that was found in the tub, which oh. Yeah, you, you know, like she died before him, so yeah. What you got more money? You go in faster, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh wait, you know what? This guy has more po pocket change. Let's do the autopsy on his body first. Front of the line, he's a pillar of the community. <laughs> Front of the line. <laughs> Front of the line for this guy. Yeah. Either way, either way, she's at the cemetery and she's walking mm -hmm. around. She runs into the detective, and this is where, this is the scene where he's got like. The leather jacket and like the khakis, and he's got the open. God, button I hated shirt. the color of that stupid jacket too. Uh, it's like it's like a very sh 
like a shit color, like a baby shit color, like very awkward brown looking. I don't know. Yeah, I I wouldn't know how to describe that color. It's like um, it's got like some like mix of white in there too. So like, I don't know. It kind of looks like <laughs> not when you a first not start a pillar. Stir your coffee with cream in it, but like the coffee, like you made it too strong. It's like super dark. And the grounds are still in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's something like that with some kind of maroon shirt. Not that we're we're posing some kind of fashion statement on this guy. It's the 80s. Who cares? But still, it was just like, I couldn't have picked a better color. You know? Yeah. I would think. Yeah. And was it me or was like his aviator sunglasses just like super fucking large? Like they were so I mean, big, dude. But isn't that what aviators do? I, like, I guess, I guess. I think I'm, I'm more conditioned to the ones that like are still available today, which are a little bit smaller. But like, those were fucking huge on his face, dude. Big time. True, true. I, I, I think that. Yeah, I think the aviators were different at that time. I think they were like a little bit larger and stuff. People are, people had larger sunglasses back then. I think. I don't know. Mm. Either way, strange relevance. But either way. So yeah, yeah. not a lot happening in the scene, right? I think just more character development. They're starting to like get to know each other and you know, he's talking about his yeah. niece or whatever, and she's like, Yeah, you know, my ex and blah blah blah. And you know, just again, just more kind of getting to know each other. But as you know, to me establishing like a will they won't they type dynamic. Yeah, it's it's an acquaintanceship. Um you can tell that they're they're I mean, I th- I think actually that's what he's doing. He's trying to kind of he, he's figuring like the only sources I get in this uh, situation might be from you and stuff. So he, I think his proposal is that they kind of collaborate. Um, but she's kind of like not giving him the time of day and stuff like that. He's all like, you know, yeah, he's pretty much like ah, whatever, you know, like fuck your stupid band boyfriend, right? Yeah, you know, like. You know, but he's also telling her, hey, you know, be careful. You're also a lonely woman and there's a psycho killer out there. And, you know, yeah, they got into of... a little bit of a disagreement or an argument about like her ability to be like self-sufficient, independent and like his like overbearingness as a officer. But again, like I think also as well, like he's trying, like you're establishing this like uh, romantic-esque kind of um interest in each other so it's like half like hey i'm concerned for you as a as an officer and like the other half is like i'm concerned for you as like i like you and like i want to kind of see you around or whatever yes sir but um yeah they they part ways and then we cut to probably my uh, one of my my favorite scenes of the movie is uh, i call it the cat calling scene because um <laughs> it cuts to a construction site where it's two guys on the street well there's two on the street and then there's one guy who's just like sitting at the very top of a ladder and we get the impression that he's like a foreman um yeah yeah. he's the he's the guy in charge and shit he's sitting there drinking a beer like he's like he's kind of like halfway up in the rafters and halfway not like he's on that ladder and shit right his legs are like below the the uh the roof area and his body's uh up on top yeah. but like he's sitting there with his beer and shit like that and just like you said cat call and stuff but uh, he's wearing first, like, like a legit leather jacket i was like 
what what construction worker, even a foreman who just sits around and does nothing, is gonna wear a leather jacket on the job? You know, uh, like it just seems impractical. Yeah, the '80s fashion statement. You know, he's <laughs> just trying to look cool. Well, and he's I got mean, the he, mustache to match. He pulls it off sitting there, you know, in his in his leather jacket, drinking beers and shit. Like, yeah, it's not a bad job. I could do that. Yeah, so I could do that. it, it I was that it was one of those scenes where you're kind of like, what? Why is this this here? Like, what's going on? These guys uh, again, not looking for Oscar award winning performances, but the acting is so fucking bad. Yeah. They're just saying they're just talking nonsense, and like you said, catcalling scene. Uh, we just randomly see our our reporter meet up with the uh, the single mom again. They just happen, guys. Man, they just keep bumping into each other all over the place. Real you quick, know? I just want to make this note because I put it in my notes. I said the cat okay. that catcalling scene had horrible audio, but this is where we see the homeless guy again. Um, so, uh, quote unquote, check out his shoe size. LOL, uh, which is probably like a dick joke. And then I made the note. Foreman yeah, wearing the, the bigger the shoe, the bigger the dick, right? Right, That's right. Foreman wearing leather jacket and drinking beers. Eighties was a good time. <laughs> Goddamn, sure was. I was thinking about that watching that scene too. I was like, man, if only you can get away with that nowadays and shit like that without the, uh, well, without the interruption of like you know human resources and like you right. know like. Possible possible work work insurance, uh, you know. Workers' comp uh, and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't let OSHA catch you. I feel, I feel like I feel I feel like if OSHA were to come at this moment in time and stuff like that, the beer wouldn't be be a problem. They're like, oh yeah, we're not here for that. Don't throw the bottles. It's like okay, I can drink them. I just can't throw them. <laughs> um, and, and and as you said, they're they're, they're uh. They're making comments towards the women, which, you know, understandably, there's two beautiful women standing right there and stuff like that. And they're, it's a sausage fest over there. They're just doing work and stuff like that. And it's the first uh, first cats they see in, in you know, for, for the day, I guess. They're in the back alleyway. So, of course, they're going to make a, make a stink about it. And then they get interrupted by that guy, Frankenstein, who just kind of crawls out of a hole. A literal right hole. Yeah, it was a little like a just like opening in the side of like a wall or something. And, and they're all like, yeah, "Get the fuck out of here, Frankenstein! What the fuck are you doing?" He's like in there. He's like pulling food out of the trash can. Like, oh god, that's disgusting. Yeah. Like, come on. Hey, Frankenstein! What are you doing over there? I said, hey, Frankenstein! Oh. God, get out of here, you slime bag! Shit! I said, get the fuck out of here, you freak! I said, get. No, leave him alone! You guys already know the guy. You know he's already been doing this and stuff like that. <laughs> what does the foreman do? He throws his bottle at him. Yeah, fucking wastes his beer. He fucking throws his bottle. Yeah, and then he's like, "Give me another beer." I was like, "To drink or to throw again?" Like, are you reloading? What's happening? <laughs> reloading. Yeah, he clips Frankenstein in the head and shit. Frankenstein crawls back into his hole and shit like that. Like he's a hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Notre Dame. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um. So cut from there. Um. She. She's like. 
watching this whole thing happen and like you can see like a look of disgust on her face in the sense that like he's a human being too you know like you shouldn't be treating other people like that so it provides this contrast right because again we're we're still kind of they're they're leading us down the like hey this might be the guy type road and um you know we see a little bit more of his face and he is a little disfigured and he looks gross and you're like yeah it totally looks like a like a murderer um but then she she's like you know um expressing some like humanitarian um concern over him so it's like okay well like she's not concerned with him um as a murderer maybe more so as a person so like to me i felt kind of conflicted in that scene of like well, is this the guy or, you know, like, I, I'm not sure what, so I don't know. I don't know if that was the intent, but that was the result. And I, I kind of enjoyed that because as, as badly uh, shot as this movie is, as it relates to like the shot on video and, you know, the use of sets and like the, the on location stuff seems to contrast each other. It's still kind of a good movie so far. You know, the editing was good. The audio's off a little bit sometimes, but like so far I'm enjoying the movie. So when it provides that like confliction there, I was like, okay, cool. You, you, you got me still. I'm, I'm still here. Sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but it's, it's funny because I think like, like we, we enjoy this for, I think two different reasons. Like, uh, you embrace, which is good. And you, you, you embrace the, the, uh, the, the artistic value of it, whereas I just see it as some shitty movie. <laughs> Perfect for this fucking podcast. So, where we're kind of on the same you, wavelength, man. but from two different directions. It's like I would have seen earlier about the anthologies. Like I, I get into it. You know, I put myself in, in the story. That's why I love Tarantino shit so much because he uses so much dialogue, and like it just brings you in like it makes you feel like you're there like think about like the scene the diner scene from uh reservoir dogs where they're talking about the tip yeah i know way too long way too much shit not for me i fucking enjoyed every second of that because it makes me feel like i'm there same thing with like Uh, yeah uh, uh, death proof where they're talking about the 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 vanishing point car and just i don't know yeah, I'm... but see that, that that to me that that was relevant to me that that conversation was relevant where the, the the tip scene had nothing to do with what was going on and stuff like that. But again, this is where we're different. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. As far as that goes and stuff, I remember I I actually saw an interview about that. I forgot who was interviewing Quentin Tarantino, and they were talking about like yeah, his long drawn out dialogue, and he got real defensive. Like, whoa, if I'm made to sit through a Hollywood or for through. Through a um, you know a a play or you know like it was like okay, <laughs> but it was funny because there was no conclusive, you know, element to that. And I was like, oh, whatever the case may be. Look, I I I don't have any problem with Quentin Tarantino. I I like I love the guy. Um, he makes good movies and stuff like that. But uh, it's it's kind of weird to me because uh, from face value, he he's all about you know the up and coming directors and stuff like that but i don't know it seems in his like later years and stuff like that he's just had too much like too much uh fed to him too uh, uh 
too much into like the Hollywood scene to like, like look back and like mm. actually appreciate the small times anymore and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen numerous videos of the guy, somebody who's going up to him, like, you know, like, oh, you know, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. Huge fans. He's like, get the fuck out of my face and shit like that. And mm. I'm all like, oh, man. Mm. It's just, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like if you're, you're iconic and and whether or not you go through it on a daily basis you got into this business for a purpose for a reason you excelled you got famous um don't get pissed off when you have fans here and there who are just like blown away at your presence and don't fucking shutter them out like that i just think that's just kind of a dick move i don't know mm. it's not like they're bothering him in any way like they're just like hey you know appreciate you and the reason why i even say this is because the same thing happened to me with rob zombie you know i fucking ran into rob zombie at a macy's of all places um and it was really weird because i was just like oh yeah how's it going blah 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 and he fucking hated every moment and that shitty fucking cunt wife of his and i'm gonna say that right now sherry ann moon you suck dick and i don't fucking like you you're not a good actress, so fuck you. She was a bitch the whole time, too. She was just sitting there in the window like, oh, God, hurry up, get this done and over with. So I guess I guess I want to say never meet your heroes. Mm-hmm. You might be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell me how you really feel. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's okay. No, it's... You know, and, and I, I will always appreciate Rob Zombie's music and stuff like that. White Zombie was a great band, uh, and, and their music's still still awesome. You know, uh, there's just, you know, things I just dislike about the <laughs> the way that, that they went, you know, they took off. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. It, it's only hilarious to me in the sense that um, this, is, this episode's going to air after my interview with... Um, Chris and Jackie from Toxic Doom, and they wanted to review House of a Thousand Corpses. So we talked about it. We didn't do like what you and I do, which is like a full breakdown. Um, we just talked about highlights, lowlights, you know, favorite scenes, stuff like that. Um, but he's a huge fan of Rob Zombie, and we talked about some of his films and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, we're going to have a piece. Like, we're going to have a piece on Rob Zombie. And then, like, afterwards like the 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 compare and the contrast right like the pros and the cons well well yeah but you know and i will go as far as saying this now house of a thousand corpses being that it was rob zombie's first film was actually a really good film and i i I will give it that but what i'm saying is that i believe his films kind of went like this like in a downward I would, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and and that's just it. I think it was kind of like that mentality where where he's just like, you know what? Now I can put out put out whatever the fuck I want to because I got the fan base. Everyone knows it's gonna have my name on it. It's going to be big hit. I don't even have to try. I don't even have to try to get these people to watch my movie anymore. And that's exactly what he did. You, you know what uh, I think it is um, as it relates to both Rob Zombie and Quentin Tarantino is I think they get um, a little too full of themselves. What I mean by that Absolutely. is... Absolutely. That's, that's the, the point I was getting to, yeah. But more so what I'm, what I'm trying to convey is like you put out a few things, right? And then you get kind of known for this particular style and it becomes popular and people love you for it. And so like you feel like you have to cater to the masses and just kind of continue the to do what you've been doing 
and I think you see that with like, um, if we're talking about Rob Zombie, you you take the popularity of House of a Thousand Corpses and that style, and then you try to make it better with um the Devil's Rejects, and then you go harder with like Three from Hell, and then it's like that's just kind of your style now because people liked it as opposed to like being creative and coming up with your own thing and hoping that someone's going to like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, Uh, I guess, um, and house of a thousand corpses was great. Devil's rejects. I mean, to me, that was all right. It wasn't bad. The third one I did not like, I thought it was shitty, but you know, that's my own personal opinion. Don't, don't, uh, uh, don't quote me on that. But, um, uh, you, you, like like I said, like it just seemed to kind of go in a slow decline and stuff like that. Uh, um, and also don't don't forget, ugh, I can go on a whole rant about this. I'm just gonna say something very small about this. Uh, Rob Zombie being a huge fan of Michael Myers and stuff like that, and Halloween. Uh, he he went and rebooted the franchise and stuff. But what I thought was kind of fucked up was how he he went against everything he said about Michael Myers, you know, the, the fear of the unknown and stuff like that, and gave him a purpose of why he was who he was. He totally contradicted himself. So I think that's what kind of got me mad about that. Um, So, you know, not to compare the two, uh, Rob Zombie, Quentin Tarantino, uh, I feel like Rob Zombie's movies kind of like a, decelerated a little bit and uh quentin tarantino kind of stayed where he was at uh he still made good movies no matter what uh so i i i don't want to say um he went on a downward path like rob zombie did uh tarantino but um yeah but both of them in general it's just like yeah i don't know they just got like this just yeah way above yeah and i got uh, you yeah i think they forgot where their origins were you know and like he said um, I think we can go round and round on this for a while because, you know, I have more thoughts and stuff, but, uh, you know, I yeah. don't want to take away from what we're doing. It might be interesting for us to do like a, like a gripes episode. You know what I mean? Just like take something and like, I think I just did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm saying with like uh, purpose and dedicated no, time, yeah, for sure. Like <laughs> a, for a sure. hard left turn on, on something completely different. For sure, and we could probably cut as much as that that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll probably cut like most of it out, but yeah, why not? You yeah. know, we'll but save it's that good for conversation. A time. Yeah, it's good conversation. Yeah, for sure. Okay, um, uh, so we cut. Fuck. So okay, so we cut from, um, the cat call scene, and we're back to, uh, the, the construction reporter. place at night, right? Um, well, kind of at the same time, right? So, like, we cut to the reporter. Um, oh, that's right. She's in her house. She's, you know, mapping out where all the all the deaths have occurred. She's, like, doing her own detective work. On the world's oldest home computer. Yeah. With one of those printers. Like, back in the days, I had the little hole strips on the side. Yeah, and stuff, the and dot matrix like, computers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's also listening to her interview with... Um, the goth baby's mother. No, yeah, I think her name was Victoria or something. Victoria. And like, you know, she's, she's saying on tape, like, you know, I don't think the police are doing as much or, you know, as, as I don't think they're doing everything they could be doing to be protecting the citizens. 
and you'd think it'd be easy for them to catch a maniac and um you know just just kind of griping about um how the police are handling this uh spree of murders um recently strange right we're like living in that age right now almost to say that this movie in that aspect was a bit ahead of its time it's just history repeating itself or the fact that like cops are cops and you know if it's not within the first 48 hours then we're probably not going to solve it it's like okay cool thanks for making a whole tv show about that I used to uh, watch that show religiously. <laughs> I, I mean, not religiously. It would always be like background noise, but it would always be on and shit like yeah, that. Like, yeah, what? Exactly. What happened? <laughs> so, so it's shifting back and forth between uh, the reporter in her apartment and the construction site at night. Because I think what had happened was uh, the foreman was going to let them go. And they're like, oh, we got to finish this job. And he's like, ah, fuck it. I'll do it later. And so here we see the foreman. Um, doing the job at night and patching up the roof like he said he would oh yeah 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 that's what it was and you know still with the leather jacket on he's got his tool belt on you know still doing the fucking thing with the leather jacket on um he starts hearing some noises and he's not really sure where they're coming from and he starts to look around and he notices something and he gets scared they don't show what it is but they show him reacting to it, right? He freaks out and he's like, fuck, I gotta get out of here. So he runs to the ladder, tries to make his way back up. But as he's like halfway through the raptor or whatever, you can see him getting pulled down. The mystery killer gets him. Right. And then fade to black. The victim. Yeah, fade to black or to the next scene, which is... Next morning. Yeah, co- correct. Next morning, the workers are back at it. They're back in the area like, hey, where's this guy at? You know, like, I thought he said to be here at this time and blah, blah, blah. And the other guy's like, well, his truck is here. Yeah, yeah, but I hadn't seen anybody in hours. Yeah. I just thought it was funny because they were like, well, he's got to be here. His truck is here. And then the one guy goes, oh, man, what if he got hurt? And he's like, oh, shit, I didn't think about that. Because they were like, oh, well, you know, we couldn't go in because the door's locked and stuff. And the guy, one guy was all like, you know what? I don't give a fuck. We'll sit out here. We're still getting paid anyways. But then when they thought, oh, maybe he got hurt, they're all like, oh, we got to get into him. And instantly the guy remembers, oh, well, you know, there's an open door around the corner. It's like, well, then why didn't you fucking check that in the first place? <laughs> you, you know, why, why wasn't that a thing? What yeah. happened? So, so they go down in there and what do they find? They find the foreman dangling. I think he was upside down. Yeah. Um, he was, uh, you know, he was he was murdered. And uh, yeah. So they show uh, him hanging upside down and there's like like blood like splattered on the wall. Um, mm-hmm. There's like his, you know, blood coming down his hand or whatever. But they never show his face. So I was like, is his eyeball missing? Because they didn't show it. It's, I, I'm assuming it is because that's what's been happening so far, but they never show it. Until they get to the next scene. I believe that's in the, the autopsy room um, that we meet our, our resident. Uh, not What would he be called? Um, Corner? I, I want to say mortuary. The mor- a- Mr. Mortuary? 
<laughs> the the, the uh, bald forensics dude or whatever you know he's uh, the corner the corner yeah there we go that's the word i was looking for god damn it eluded me so anyway, we got the the coroner he's already digging into this dead body you got you got the uh, detective there and he's all like yeah you know uh, it starts talking about uh, the other victims. Uh, I believe this is the foreman's um, corpse. I'm just assuming it is. It's hard to tell because the makeup on the face is like so white. It looks like uh, like uh, like David Bowie when he has all you know the the star makeup on or whatever. Or he looks like he's in Kiss. Like the the makeup is so thick on this dude, you can't really tell. Plus, like it's not a real body because um, as they're you know talking about what the coroner thinks he he understands what's happening so he wants to show the detective who's there what he's talking about so we get this bitch and scene where like the coroner cuts the scalp kind of like ear to ear and then like peels it off and like to reveal the peels a face off i think the whole, well, he, the whole yeah so he off. peels that downward right like towards the chest That's part of the reason why we can't tell who it is <laughs> peeled his face off like an orange but like I don't know. I mean, it's all practical effects, and I thought for this movie so far and its caliper, this was a great fucking effects scene because you see all the tissue and it's you know it's making the the soaky sound the, when you're peeling shit back. It's like the wet sound, um, and he just peels it right down, and then he takes the other half and he peels it towards the back and reveals the whole skull. So again, uh, it's a really dope practical effect uh, for the movie. And then he grabs the bone saw and he starts to kind of cut the skull to reveal the brain. Because I think at this point already, the coroner had mentioned to the detective, the eyeball's missing because someone, the eyeball is missing and the brain is gone. And what I think is happening is that someone is pulling the brain out from the eye socket. We've got this every damn time, Lonzo. You see here? The meninges, that's the top outer covering of the brain. That's intact. Down here, have the cerebellum and the brainstem also intact. What's missing is all the soft tissue that makes up the cerebrum. That's the whole main part of the brain. 
And the detective's yeah, he like, his get brain the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? So that's why he's, you know, peels the, the, the face off and, you know, gets to the skull and opens up, you know, he does a cut around the whole um, kind of mid part of the skull and he opens up, the, you know, takes the top half off, cuts the little membrane off and then only to reveal nothing. There's no brain. Yeah, the, uh, the cerebellum part is still there, but the rest of it is gone. The actual... Uh, God, what did you call it? The, the frontal lobe area and stuff. Every everything's just all gone, except for the the, the connecting part to the, uh, the right. spine. Uh, which he's saying uh, the, the only way that can happen is uh, well, obviously the brain's been sucked out of the eye socket, but it would take uh, some form of acid or something like it to to melt the brain in order for it to be sucked out. You should definitely put a quote in there from Michael Ironside from Starship Trooper. Like, sucked his brains out. They sucked his brains out. Which, by the way, was another reference to a movie that he did uh, in his early days and stuff called Scanners. Which I thought was funny. Um, yeah, that's that's what he explains to the detective. Uh, there was a membrane left uh, that 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 some some bit of uh, meat that that goes over the brain. Um, so it's almost like that wasn't ever tampered with. So it means that his brain was sucked out through the ice. Right. Yeah. So they're, you know, discussing how it might've been done, you know, maybe liquefied or sucked or pulled out or something, you know, they're trying to figure it out, but you know, they just keep talking and then they're brainstorming. Um, it's an important part because they're, they're contemplating, you know, how it could have been done. And then um, I think the the doctor actually starts like looking at some samples and he sees um, something in there. Um, they, there's some remnants uh, on in there that um, leads him to believe that the there's a drug on the street called disease. I'm finding traces of disease. Yeah, what kind of disease? No, no. The drug DZS. Right. Yeah, DZS, that experimental drug, right? Yeah, that's right. The one they were using for a while to treat paranoid schizophrenia. Which is the same name of the band, DZS. It's kind of like a, uh, almost like, a, like coke. Hold on. Yeah, he said it was relevant to like cocaine. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's similar to cocaine. And so um, there are traces of that drug in, in this person's system, but he's a foreman, you know, so like, why would he have it in there? And then the, de the detective starts remembering that the three groupies that killed themselves um, in the name of the band were also strung out on that drug as well. So I, th I think they OD'd. I don't think they, they like... Did they? OD? I thought they killed themselves, but yeah. no, they OD'd on the drug. Oh, okay, yeah, that's, well then, that's what well, they're. There you go. But uh, the reason why they blame the band because one, it's named after them, and at the same time, um, they blame them for supplying it. I guess you know, but there's no absolute proof that they did. And that's kind of where their their thing is with that. You know? Got it. Uh, yeah. And then we we go from there. We go to. Um, the reporter at night. I don't even know the 
into the scene, to be honest with you. So let's just jump to the the funeral. There's a funeral. Um, this is where I was talking about the funeral uh, of her friend um, that died in her condo or whatever. Um, you know, and uh, you know they're they're talking about something. Her and the detective are are there. It seems like the whole town is there. Man, this is a very close niche kind of town. Everyone seems to know everyone. I, I even think I want to want to say even the construction workers are at this funeral. I I don't know if that's 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 a thing or not. I I think that was also I, I might be mixing it up with the whole PR thing with the police and stuff like that. But well, um, I I don't want to um I don't want to just kind of overshoot the scene that um, you were talking about with the um, the reporter in her condo because what happens is um the detective now calls her because there's a link between the murders and the band and she's dating one of the band members. So he calls her up and is like, Hey, you know, talking about this drug and like your boyfriend is in the band and you know, he he's familiar with like what happened with those girls at overdose. And so she kind of took offense and he wanted to talk to the band member, but she was like, he's not here. He's traveling. He's in LA. Like you can't come talk to him. So he was like, all right, we'll just, you know, be careful, kind of like I'm on the lookout for him or whatever. And then um, she ends up calling the coroner's office because she's got a guy in there that like will give her information. So um, she is like asking him, like, can you look into this for me? And can you check it out? And he's like, yeah, 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 I'll look into it for you. So I just I didn't want to overshoot the fact that like now it's on the cop's mind that the, you know, the band member or the band might be involved in these murders because now it expands the um yeah but i think they already made that <laughs> well it was insinuated right in that in that first scene like it but it but it wasn't really like drawn out in that sense it was more like hey you have close correlation to this and then they started having us focus on um homeless frankenstein and now there's another reason to revisit the idea that the band might be involved in this whole thing. So now it's like, okay, now I have a choice. Is it the, is it Frankenstein? Is it the band? So it, to me, it's introducing like some, some, some different options in that sense. Okay. Um, so yeah. we're at the funeral for Marsha and we know that because the, the husband comes in and I thought it was funny that he showed up to his you wife's the, funeral. You, I'm sorry. You mean the girl from uh, Brady Bunch? No, I mean the girl from the bathtub who like had blood all over her face because her eyeball got, is missing and apparently somebody sucked out her brain. That Marsha. Or skull fucked her. Ooh, I will skull fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was hilarious because uh, her husband showed up in like camouflage like shorts. Yeah, was this guy not invited? Camel it was shorts. on wife's wedding or girlfriend's <laughs> wedding, funeral, whatever funeral. the case she was. Or, or yeah, oh, this is the second time I mixed funerals up with weddings. Yeah, same but difference. Jose, when Jose was getting married, and I was like, dude, when's the funeral? I'm all the same shit. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. But yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't invited to his own girlfriend's funeral and shit. Like you know, like he wasn't even allowed to be there it seemed like you know the person at the front was like yeah you can't go in there it's like that's his chick right <laughs> right and and then uh he like he's all he's all distraught right so he runs up to the casket and they open up the casket and like we just see her lane they're all embalmed with like her missing eye 
Which again, practical effects I thought were pretty dope. Yeah, definitely not the way that people wanted to picture her going out, you know. But yeah, a quick reveal of her friend's tragic body. Right. So um, from there, uh, the reporter, uh, you know, starting to put it together in her head that uh, Frankenstein might be the killer. So she goes over to where she saw him at the construction site and goes through the, the little pole in the wall where he had originally come out of. And she, you know, finds him down there, like sitting around a fire, you know, kind of warming himself, like eating rats. He picked up this dead rat and like, it was like starting to like barbecue. And I was like, Oh damn. And like, it's funny. Cause they have that scene where like, he's holding the rat and then he like takes the, the skewer and he's like, <laughs> putting it through and i was like you know he's putting that up his butt dude you know it's going up his butt yeah isn't that how you do a rotisserie i guess (laughs) through through the anal cavity through the neck and then right through the mouth i was like ah dude gross yeah um but yeah she's she's down there creeping around she sees him she sees what's going on she gets freaked out so she she jams out um and then uh, there's another scene of the band which uh, I was like, oh, fuck, that dude's got a guitar, right? Like a keyboard guitar. And then after I looked again, I was like, oh, no, it's just a keyboard with a strap on it. Dude, and, and this is where we we get that, that hit, the fucking Suicide Child song. Suicide Child. That is, this is where I was like, this can't be a real band, right? <laughs> Quite the contrary. They're a very I, uh, accomplished I, band. Not only yes. is it a real band, and they are called the Nuns, but this is actually one of their songs, too. Yes. You know? Just like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. But it's so catchy now. It's it's playing in my head as we speak. So it's, I was like, all right. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. Uh, at the same time that they're uh, playing this um, this set, uh, there's like some kind of PR thing going on. Um, no, it's um, more like a town hall meeting. You know, I think. Oh, a town like, hall yeah, meeting. Yeah, I think, like, the what, what is public relations? And what, I thought it's the same. I don't know. Whatever. Well, but yeah, it's yeah, them whatever. reaching out to the community about their local killer type shit. Yeah. You know, hey, we're going to have a meeting about what's happening. You know, I'm going to me as the detective who's wearing this like big ass trench coat, which I thought was dope. It's like, hey, I'm going to put all your minds at rest and let you know what the police are doing to keep you citizens safe. And, like, the reporter shows up. And she's like, you guys aren't doing shit. Like, what about this? What about that? And it's like, you know, they kind of look at each other like, like, really? You're going to throw me under the bus like that? Like, I thought we were, like, you know, hooking up or whatever. And, and yeah, I, I don't know. Whatever. So, like, so they keep cutting back and forth between the town hall meeting and the band practicing or a recording or something i don't know what they're doing but they're just jamming no out. they're they're uh they're performing a show oh, okay. and it's funny because they're they're still on the same song so you kind of wonder what what the runtime on this song is <laughs> Jesus Christ. they've been playing the same song for this whole set while they're having this meeting and stuff right. i don't know if it's relevant i don't even know if it's in the t- same time frame 
it just seems to be funny because there's like like two scenes going through and shit like that, and they're playing the goddamn. The, this is where I scratched out my note from earlier, where I was like, "Oh, the editing's not too bad on this movie." I was like, "No, editing sucks." Sorry, I just didn't wait long enough. I, I scratched out that note. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you're all you're all. Where where's the bad cuts in this movie? Oh, there they are. <laughs> man i was about to be disappointed for a second Shit. <laughs> i was about to be disappointed i wasn't disappointed but i'm disappointed now <laughs> so uh again just keep going back and forth the town halls like you know focusing on some of the citizens and there's they're starting to ask too like well what about that frankenstein guy i always see him going through the trash and blah 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 and like so yeah, there's got to be a suspect. Yeah. Trash digger. They're just trying to make sense of it all. But then like it's <laughs> over and like the detective <laughs> is walking down the hall with the reporter and like he like he's all mad at her and he pushes her up against the wall. And it's almost like it's like, bitch, what the fuck? Like, what were you doing in there? Like, I was trying to get them, you know, to be cool. And like, you just came in and like stirred the pot. He said something to him about that too, and uh, and she said it in a relatively sexy way, which I I thought was kind of funny because I was like, oh, she really turned up the heat a little bit there. Yeah, uh, I forgot what it was. It was something. It was the way she said it. Like, oh, are you gonna manhandle me? Or I, I don't know what it was. It, it was something along those lines. I don't know, but fucking, it was just kind of funny because it reminded me of the whole like Sharon Stone and. And uh, total recall and stuff. She's all like, What? You want to tie me up? And I'm like, <laughs> When you say it like that. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was somewhere along the lines of that and stuff. Right. So the band, they're done. Uh, pra- I think there was a practice um, because uh, Debbie was there. So um, the, the boyfriend came back home. He brought uh, a girl with him as uh, like his new fling or whatever. And so she's there. And they all, all the band members go away to like take a break. And then like the lead singer or whatever is like trying to convince her to start taking disease. And um, like, he, I got the vibe of like, man, they're trying to like gangbang this chick. Like what's happening? Like it, it was very kind of creepy in that sense. Yeah, he's just trying to push his drug on, on her. I don't even think yeah. it was the lead singer. I think it was one of the backup guys too. I, I don't know, whatever. Irrelevant. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, she was all like, no, I'm good, I'm good. And he's all like, are you sure? You definitely want to try this out and shit like that. Talk about peer pressure to the extreme and shit. Right. It only worked back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> but, on, everyone's she doing was, it. She was kind of like a like the typical dumb blonde, too. Like, gullible, susceptible to, like, peer pressure and shit. So she's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the detective and the reporter are driving around and they end up going for dinner and they're, you know, still trying to like get to know each other. But, you know, he's kind of talking to her about some of like the street life and we see, you know, kind of hookers here and there. And I made a note. I was like, damn, man, San Francisco's got some like classy hookers, dude. But um, I mean, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think I think he was also he he was all like, ah, poor girl and stuff like that. She should stay off the streets. Uh, It was definitely a foreshadowing, as we can see a little bit later. Yeah. So um, it cuts to the scene with these hookers and they're just, you know, like hanging out with each other and, um, you know, they're trying to get through the night. So one of them gives uh, the other one some drugs from like her shoe and, you know, she goes around the corner into some alley to go take it. So she's like sniffing the powder. And as she's doing that, she gets attacked 
right? She 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 gets pulled down and we see her on the floor and like she's kind of like moaning and moving like almost like something's having sex with her. Um, I was going to say, are we talking about a, a horror movie or are we talking about porn here, man? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a horror You're movie. You're like, oh, shit, this is the wrong podcast. It's a right. horror movie. Get it? A horror movie? <laughs> a horror movie. A horror movie. Not a horror movie. A horror movie. But this is good because, um, you know, they pan to her face um, and then, like, we start to see this tentacle that's like approaching her right eye. And then we just see her feet just kind of like twitch. And then note the time frame, ladies and gentlemen, 1988 was the very first appearance of tentacle porn. (laughs) I believe you call that hentai or at least (laughs) that's what I read in an article about it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so, article. Yeah. (laughs) Never watched one. (laughs) So you you see you see this tentacle approaching the eye, but then it like fades away, like it pans over to her feet, and then you hear like this like slurping sound, so you don't know really what's happening, um, and then you just see the body being dragged away, and then so we're left to uh, understand that that's kind of what's happening is um, that's how they're getting to the brain. Um. I'm going to call this out just because it was fucking weird, but like it transitions from there to this scene where the detective and the reporter are like making out in her apartment and you know, they light a candle and they're getting all romantic, but like it like focuses in on them making out. So like, it's all this like mouth work of like their tongue and saliva. It was just what dude, like I get getting down, but like, I don't know. It was fucking gross to me in that, in that moment. just like, watching their lips smack in that way but then he's like grabbing on her ass and then like you know typical 80 it's not an 80s movie without some sex in it so cuts the sex scene uh with yeah not just some sex but like yeah yeah this is well this is definitely one of those kind of movies where it's got uh it's got every uh forbidden trope that like these movies would have in it and stuff including uh, a relatively over, maybe a little over saucy sex kind of, uh, you know, vibe to it and stuff, which kind of like uh, corresponded with the times you know, of like, you know, Skin of Max and shit like that. Not exactly, um, not exactly what I would consider softcore porn yet, but it was getting close to, which I think a lot of these movies kind of touched on. They're like, well, we're going to dig deep. We're going to dig really deep and shit and really capture the audience's uh, interests, I guess. Right. Right. So they end up falling asleep and then she has this bad dream. And like, I don't want to go into detail about it, but like, I did want to bring it up because it was fucking awesome. It was her at the funeral and um, it was all these people like grabbing, like she's like, can see the, the coffin kind of up and above her. But then like, all these hands are like grabbing at her and shit. And all these, like, it looks like the band, but like all kind of like deformed or whatever. And then like, there's this like witchy looking person, um, there as well. So like it freaks her out and she wakes up and she, um, is just kind of like, you know, still a little terrified. Um, bunch of, bunch of mutant band members. We like mutants on this podcast. <laughs> so, um, she goes back to sleep or like i think it was like she didn't fully wake up she was like still dreaming um within her like she was dreaming within her dream 
And then like some, like the Frankenstein guy came through the door and stuff. So like, <laughs> did he did he get fucking what's his name in there from Inception? <laughs> like they just crossed yeah. paths. They're all like, oh shit, we're in the wrong dream here, guys. But there's a dope scene because like this is where like the horror kind of intensifies for the movie. So like Frankenstein yeah. guy comes in and like he pulls his face off and then like you know there's like all this shit coming out of his mouth and she goes to like grab the detective and like. It's not him. It's uh, some, you know, it's one of the girls, and it's just like this, like prune-faced body, and it's like missing an eye, and um, you know, it starts like uh, I think it was Marsha, um, and like it's it's just freaking her the fuck out, and so she finally does wake up um, from the dream, and what she wakes up to is hearing like the band arguing outside. And one of the band members, like they, they get in a fight with each other. I think it's the, the, the bass player. He storms off and he storms off. Yeah. Rock, rock star boyfriend. Yeah. And like, they're for some know, reasons all pissed off and shit like that, that, you know, she's, uh, she's been hanging out with this detective and stuff, but am I wrong about this? There was a sequence, I think where he actually brought a woman home with him <laughs> to her apartment. That, so he's the jealous one. It's like, okay. Yeah. That's the one you wanted to skip. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> well, I, I'm just saying, well, I mean, it's not that we didn't have to get detail. I'm just nah, saying, like, gotcha. kind of funny. This, this is the same guy. Yeah, yeah. The same guy that had that didn't have any problem bringing a bringing a woman back to her apartment, you know. But at the same time, was pissed off that she's seeing another guy and stuff like that. And he's throwing a fit like a five year old. Right? Yeah, kicking yeah, rocks. And, yeah. I thought we loved each other. Like, dude. You're just fucking with your band, like doing drugs and shit like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Oh God. So she she realizes um, that like she's outside in the cold. You know, she's got barely anything on because she was just doing the nasty. She was, you know, arguing with this uh, her ex boyfriend or whatever, and he boned out. And then like she sees the Frankenstein guy, and she was like, "Oh shit! Like, uh, it's probably not the best spot for me to be in." So she starts running. Why she doesn't run back to her house, I don't understand. Um, but she ends up running um, to goth baby mom's house. I think her name was Victoria. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. She just, uh, she randomly, she's running through the night and stuff. But that, that was my thing. I, I couldn't recall, but I don't think she knew it was her house it just happened to be her house which i thought was kind of weird uh may oh maybe yeah you're right yeah, yeah she she went to go knock on the first door it was it just just so happened to be right right, right. single right. mom's house and stuff like hey yeah how are you doing like i'm just like all right <laughs> so which one's weirder? so um victoria lets her in she's all freaked out she uses the phone to call her own house to talk to um, the detective. And he's like, how the fuck are you even calling me? Like, where are you? And she starts telling him like, dude, I saw the creeper. He was chasing me. He's got a knife, like come and get me. And he's like, yeah, yeah. Just tell me where you're at. So she tells him. And then like, she's trying to like calm down. Now she's talking to um, Victoria and you know, she's kind of telling her what happened. And in the meantime, we start to hear the baby crying, right? Because remember, she's got that ugly fat baby. And um, they kind of pan over to where the baby is. And there's like a sheet where, you you know, there's like hiding the baby. It's like, this is like sleep area or whatever. Um, 
so they keep talking and she's like, Oh, let me see the baby. And I want to see the baby. And Victoria's like, "Mm, I don't know. And, um, you know, she's like, Oh, well maybe I'll just go outside and like wait for my boyfriend or, or wait for the detective or whatever. And so she's like, um, uh, letting her out. Um, but she's asking about the baby and she's like, yeah, 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 no, no, no. The baby's fine. Like, don't, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And she lets yeah, her. Cause he keeps crying and shit and she's fucking running. She's, she's totally annoyed with it. Like, I can't take this. Right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, all right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever been to a buddy's house and stuff and they got a crying baby. I, I don't know if I'd have the brass to be like, man, can you shut that fucking baby up? I'm trying to concentrate. <laughs> Just, is he going to do that the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, come on. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> okay. So detective picks her up. They leave. He, she tells him what happened. They go into the sewer where he, where she found him and uh, to, to look for him. He's not there. So they leave again, and when they're like on the road, they see him hovering over a body. It's the bass player, right? And he's laying there with his eyeball out. So it's like, oh, okay, it is Frankenstein. They kind of caught him in the act or whatever, you know? Um, yeah, it kind of went on a weird spin there and stuff, but it seemed like they they got to they got to it at this point, you know. So when they when they got there, they saw the Frankenstein dude like taking off. So the cop got out, and what do you do? Do you remember? Uh, wait, hold on. Uh, you say that again? He- so they show up where the Frankenstein is hovering. You know, he's o- over uh the bass player's body, and the oh, Frankenstein shoot him? takes off. Yeah, so the cop got out and shot him he was fleeing and the whole so uh you know the we got our guy guys she she got our guy she's all mad at him because you know um you know the the boy the ex-boyfriend's dead and like the frankenstein guy she's just, she's just like all pissed off or whatever but so they're both dead right and so they're looking at the body of frankenstein it's uh the detective and like his boss or whatever oh no i think it's the coroner the coroner showed up and he wanted yeah, to the coroner's the with him for some reason i guess the coroner and the detective were just best buds man they just yeah. happened to be wherever you know, <laughs> you know they, can, they happened to do everything together i guess can i tell you what i loved about this scene is that, that? they had the chalk outline around frankenstein <laughs> and i was like i missed that i really missed it they don't do that anymore i don't think so no i haven't seen that in a really long time yeah i don't i I don't know i don't know yeah that's yeah now now i'm thinking about yeah i'll look into it i wonder if they still do that (laughs) okay so case closed right they they saw him uh killing the baseball guy they killed the frankenstein guy everything's settling down so the reporter goes back to goth baby mama's house and she's like, Hey, I just wanted to talk kind of, you know, uh, decompress and just let you know what's going on. What happens from here, Matt? So what happens here? Um, well, she got, like you said, she goes back to, uh, Victoria's house, uh, and she's, you know, checking up on her and the baby. And then, uh, you know, we wrap up the film. It's over. Oh, wait. End credits. I did that too. Soon. <laughs> uh, rewind for a second. Something seems a little bit odd. Um, so baby mama's acting a little strange. 
The baby's still crying. And she's uh, now she's stuck on the, you know, she was so keen to kind of uh, kick the uh, the reporter out earlier. But now she's like, you know what? You should stay here. You should really stay here. And things are just a little bit off. We're getting some vibes coming out here and stuff. Uh, and it gets to the point where she's being, uh, the reporter's being forced to, uh, you know, sit down or whatever the case may be. They get into a scuffle, which is, uh, a, a nice little, uh, cat fight between the, the two females, uh, well, both in their, their nightgowns. What, what happens is, um, you know, the reporter swears something's wrong with the baby, you know, and, and, and Victoria's just like, no, that's just I say, well, weird, weird things are ensuing. And shit. Yeah. Well, she tells her this story of like when she was like in the hospital. And I think I think if I recall correctly, um, they were treating her with disease in the hospital. So it was like all in her system. Um it was it was an experimental drug. Uh, apparently, the uh, the hospitals were using it, and uh, they must have been giving her this this uh, drug while she was pregnant. I guess. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, so like she, so she's like, it was very important that I tell you that. I just needed you to know that. It's very important that I let you know that, and I want you to know how much I like you. And. I'm really going to miss our conversations, getting to know you. I really, truly am going to miss you. Um, because I'm going to miss our conversations. And she was like, the fuck are you talking about? And so the reporter starts to look around the room and there's like a jar of like brains and there's like all kinds of weird shit. And she's like, uh, the fuck? And before she knows it, this is where the scuffle ensues. Victoria like has a fucking taser and like tries to go to taser and you know she starts fighting back. And this is where they start like going at it with each other. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the cat fight and um uh you know, one's in her nighty, the other one's in her underwear and stuff, so you know not a bad bit of eye candy for us guys there. (laughs) You know? We're all like, ooh, 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 check it out. You know, they're, they're just beating the shit out of each other, you know, throwing each other around the apartment. I, I, I believe at some point uh, somebody's hand uh, winds up on a, a, like a newspaper or a copy of a newspaper clipping that, that talks about uh, mutations caused by this experimental drug and stuff like that. And now you're kind of putting things together. You're like, oh, I think I see what's going on. Yeah. Um, and during this, uh, reckless fight, um, journalist lady gets the upper hand, uh, on, on Victoria and Victoria is now laying there, uh, bleeding on the ground, lifeless and, um, the journalist lady's sitting there crying and, uh, baby stops crying suddenly. And, um. She's kind of like wondering, like, wait, what the fuck? And then we hear something on the other side of the room. Can't exactly see it. Sounds like something's uh, feeding on Victoria's corpse. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, like sucking her blood or whatever. Um, 
it pans over and this is where i i said the o for two or i i don't really know how the expression goes but a two for two maybe uh this is where we see a a mutant baby uh feasting on this corpse and the reason why i went there is because it, Strike me if I'm wrong, but this isn't the first mutant baby that we've seen on these. No, uh, and it looked just like the one from <laughs> Creepazoids, right? That's the one you're referring to? Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. It was good. It was hella creepy. It was man. a direct was... throwback. As, as soon as I saw that, I was like, man, this reminds me of Creepazoids, but it also reminds me, here's another uh, total recall reference of that guy that was like inside that dude's torso. Yeah. That, like weird fucking thing and shit like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, this thing had like a rat, like a giant rat body, and like a it, the the face looked like an old man, but like then its tongue was yeah. like that tentacle, and like uh, it comes up on um, the reporter, and like you see the thing like just kind of like coming out of its mouth, and, like lunging towards her, and then it just like fades to black, and then that's it. And it's like, yeah, oh, she's trying man. to crawl like, away from it. It's just like it was reminiscent too. Like, did you ever think like? I, I was thinking on that scene what she's sitting there like letting this baby crawl towards her and it reminded me of the austin powers scene you know where the guy's like no whatever that thing was called and stuff yeah. that they're like uh, yeah the steamroller steamroller that's yeah. what it was <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like it's as reminiscent of that it's like bitch you, you know you can get up at any time just fucking run <laughs> Like the baby's crawling at you, right. like less than one mile an hour. So yeah. you got you got some time. But I mean, but yeah, you like, saw how ugly that thing was, dude. I, like I would I would be shocked too, and like kind of like. Uh, so she was just traumatized yeah, that whole time yeah, to the point yeah. where she was just petrified. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I mean, that would be my my only uh, way to. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a good ending to the movie. I thought the the practical effects, like I said, were dope. I think uh, the animatronics were awesome too. I think absolutely had a great creep factor it was gross it was nasty it was um it was good i liked it i i uh thoroughly enjoyed all of this movie despite it's like editing and i had some really bad audio problems um like like painstaking audio problems but i mean it is what it is so um i i really liked it yeah i really liked it yeah it was a fun watch yeah I, I definitely uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I had to watch it twice because, uh, you know, in preparation for this uh, episode originally, it was going to be a couple weeks back and then uh, things kind of got in the way and stuff. So I actually had to revisit it, which I'm glad I did because uh, I learned a couple things about it that I didn't know. Um, and uh, one being was the ending. I totally thought there was more of a happy ending. I didn't realize that it kind of closed off. I, for some reason, I thought they killed the baby at the end. But I was like, oh, no, the baby's still alive. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good way of ending that. And might I add, uh, just uh, watching this, um, there was a few suggestive titles um, at the bottom of the screen. And I think I found one of our next podcast nice. movies in that. <laughs> nice. Which I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> All right, man. I'm gonna wrap us up. All right, man. It was a uh, great doing good this with you. Podcast Looking forward you. to yeah. the next one. Um, Absolutely. Hit us up Instagram at Mutant City Horror, um, or you can email the show mutantcityhorror at gmail.com and we'll see you on the next one. See you guys. Awesome. Later. Next one.